everyone, and welcome to the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com, your home to thoughtful conversations on film. And of course, this year's official podcast media partner for the Dead Center 2021 Film Festival. And today, I'm very excited to talk about a short film that really caught my eye at the festival. Uh, it's called Sardis. It's a really interesting story about a forgotten locale here in Oklahoma. So we'll be speaking about the inspiration behind the making of the short film and why this story is an important part of Oklahoma history that we do not want to forget. Sardis is playing in the Shorts Oki One block, playing as part of the Dead Center 2021 Virtual Film Festival. Use your pass, log in and check it out. Look it up. Sardis, S-A-R-D-I-S. Now, I want to give you a quick synopsis. Deep in the Choctaw Nation, a picturesque lake hosts an unusual sight, an island populated by rows of headstones. The cemetery floating in a man-made lake is the last relic of what was the town of Sardis, Oklahoma. So to learn more about the store behind Sardis and the short film, I'm very excited to welcome the short film's writer-director, Colleen Thurston. Colleen, welcome to the Cinematic Schematic. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I have to admit, I wasn't super familiar with your work. A little ashamed to say, actually, because I started looking at, you know, your IMDb profile and it really looked at your credits as a director to date have largely been covering stories about, you know, indigenous folk. Could you tell me a little bit about like when you're looking at your projects, when did you learn about Sardis's story and why did you decide to pursue this project? Yeah, I'll answer that question, but I have to tell you, it's on my list for this summer to make a website because once a week, somebody says, oh, I was looking you up. I was Googling you. And I'm always just like, oh, God, what did you find? Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, that's why I don't have a website and I need to update my IMDb. Um, how did I come across this story? It it kind of came about in, in a few different ways um, and then just congealed into this, this short film. But... Um, you know, I would say, first of all, I'm Choctaw and the Choctaw and Chickasaw nations were engaged in almost like a decade long lawsuit about water rights dealing with Sardis Lake um, and Oklahoma City and the state of Texas wanting the water from it. Um, so because I'm Choctaw, I was very aware of that. The tribe was... Um, very vocal, sent out lots of information to all of its tribal citizens. So I was aware of Sardis because of that. But um, I set out to make a feature length documentary about um, the man-made lakes in Oklahoma and kind of the costs of them all. And I have a personal connection to that. My grandfather, um, who was also Choctaw, um, was an engineer with the Army Corps of Engineers. And so he was instrumental in designing these lakes that displaced a lot of people. But he himself came from this history of displacement, being Choctaw, having gotten to Oklahoma on the Trail of Tears. So I just was ruminating on that for a long time. And just then my grandfather has passed away. I, I He passed when I was about four so I've never had a chance to ask him about this work. And um, so I wanted to make this film about the lakes. Um, and I started with Sardis and um, got to know the community there and, um, you know, wanted wanted to, I guess, give give the give their stories a platform. Um, 
Because because the more I would talk to people, the more I realized that even Oklahomans don't know these stories about the cost of the lakes here. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really interesting because I, I would say to a lot of folks from outside of Oklahoma, I mean, uh, we're known for our lakes. Um, again, I, I think it's really interesting to know, hey, exactly what what went into the making of these lakes? What, were there consequences? Did people live there? Yeah, I think that's a really um, interesting story. Um, and one thing you hit on there is just the importance of highlighting maybe these forgotten or buried stories in light of the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa race massacre. Another story that was sort of buried and kind of lost, forgotten, that's gotten a lot of publicity, whereas stories like Sardis haven't had that same treatment. Now, was there anything in particular about the history? I mean, you talked about the history of displacement. Was there anything specifically that you think is especially pertinent um, today, 2021? Yeah, Um I mean, for the folks that are in Indian country or in Oklahoma, um, a lot of folk or are interested in the law, a lot of folks might be familiar with the recent Supreme Court decision, um, McGirt v. Oklahoma, which acknowledged that um, the eastern part of the state is all still Indian reservation land. Um, And I don't, I'm not an expert on Indian law, but I do know a little bit about this enough to, I think, talk about it. Um, there's probably somebody out there that is listening and going, she doesn't know what she's talking about. But, um, you know, if this had, if the state had always acknowledged that this was reservation land, then these lakes might not have been built. Right. And these people, Um, throughout the state, because like you mentioned, Oklahoma has so many lakes. We have more man-made lakes than any other state. Um, And those all came about from the federal government coming in, exercising eminent domain, and kicking people off the land. A lot of these people who were guaranteed to be on this land as long as the grass grows and the waters run, according to our treaties. Um, And these lakes might never have come about if, if the if the federal government has acknowledged that this was Indian land from you know day one from statehood. Right. Again, just a, another really important tidbit of Oklahoma history there. But um, I, I want to turn it to the locations for a moment. Uh, obviously, the, the Sardis is the title; it's the star of the short film. Um, but I just wanted to hear a little bit about how you approached filming these more unique locations. Was there anything specific that you wanted to highlight when you were going into the project? I think that when you see Oklahoma on screen, you see kind of the same sort of landscape, right? It's like the where the wind comes sweeping, sweeping down the plains, right? Like fields, dust bowl, tornadoes, like where the land is just awful and like, you want to run away from it. Um, and Eastern Oklahoma is not like that. I mean, we're really at the foothills of the Ozarks up here in Tulsa, where I am. And then down in Southeastern Oklahoma, that's like the Washita mountains. Um, and, and the area around um, Sardis is the, there's an area called Potato Hills. So there are some of the oldest mountains in the U S are down there and it's very hilly. It's very lush, very green, obviously a lot of water. Um, There's pine forests and you don't see that a lot. And that is something that I wanted to to show just how really beautiful this landscape is. Um, And that that's the Oklahoma that that I know. 
um, in addition to the dry, desolate plains that are, are further out west. So I did want to showcase that. I really wanted to showcase the beauty of these places and how, you know, the lakes are beautiful too. Um, it's just kind of at what cost, right? <laughs> right, absolutely. Uh, what man-made beauty versus what's naturally there. Um, but I, I'm glad you highlight that because you know, Oklahoma, despite having that reputation, as you say, for the the flat, brown, windy plains. I mean, we have all sorts of different locations and a lot of really beautiful spots for those who know where to look. Why do you think right now is the right time to be highlighting this specific history of Sardis? Um, a couple of reasons. A, the folks that lived in Sardis before Sardis was inundated and was no longer a town, they're getting older, you know, they're passing away. A lot of people have moved out of the community. So, um, you know, and, and sometimes I think what happens with generational trauma, um, the, the next generations don't hear those stories. They don't ask about those stories. Um, and so I think it's important kind of from an oral history perspective to document those. Um, it's also, you know, I, I, we're at a, a great time now, um, because there have been a lot of media attention, uh, around indigenous issues because of the water protectors at Standing Rock, um, that the audience is now broader and people want to, to hear about these kinds of stories, um, and they want to hear about environmental issues and um, and water and fights about water rights and things like that. All right. Well, we're, we're going to start winding down the, the the conversation here. But again, I, I'm what I'm just really hearing from you is, hey, this is really important history. We don't want to forget. And we don't want to forget the costs. Uh, and also, there is still an opportunity to preserve this history in this history of Oklahoma. Is there any specific ideas or takeaways that you hope? festival attendees will take away from their viewing of Sardis? Yeah. Um, you know, someone else asked me this the other day, and I think what's really important is that people know their place and know the history of their place. There's kind of a trend, I'll call it that, nowadays uh, to do land acknowledgments. And a lot of that time, that's just like lip service. And it's somebody just saying, we're on the land of such and such tribe. Um but yet they don't take the time necessarily to understand the history and the culture of that place. And I think it's really important to recognize that that informs us whether or not we recognize it or not. The land, the water, that holds memory and that informs us and who we are as people um, and as a society and the people that came before us. You know, we need to acknowledge that you mentioned the Tulsa race massacre and people are just, some people just now are beginning to say, this has shaped who we are culturally. And we have not even acknowledged that for many, many years. So it's these, it's these stories, these traumatic stories of land loss, of displacement, of the fight for water, that those inform us. And, you know, you're in Oklahoma City, Sardis still, um, not Sardis itself, but the watershed, the Kaimishi River watershed, the city of Oklahoma City wants to divert 85% of that water out of that watershed away from that community to Oklahoma City. So 
we need to know where our water comes from. When people in Oklahoma City turn the water on, like, no, like, these are the people that are being affected. So I think it's just that that knowledge and acknowledgement um, of of where we are, the place that we are in. Before we close the conversation, Colleen, I just wanted to quickly ask, I mean, is there anywhere our listeners can keep up with you and your work or uh, Sardis or any future projects online, maybe a website perhaps? Yes, a website that I'm building this summer. Uh, but, um, you know, I have a, a feature documentary in progress that deals with um, the larger Kaimishi watershed and the, and the ongoing water rights fights down there. So Sardis will actually expand into this larger documentary, um, but that's Drowned Land. You can Google it. It's um, been supported by a few organizations that you can find um, Drowned Land. I think I said that. But um, yeah, and in terms of me, just Google me in like three months (laughs) and I'll have a website up (laughs) and updated IMDb. Well, I'll be on the lookout for that. Uh, in the meantime, listeners, I'll make sure to link you to the uh, Drowned Land Project uh, in the show notes today. Uh, Colleen, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. Is there anything else you would like to add about Sardis before we close out today? I just want to acknowledge the folks that, you know, really led us into the community. I am an outsider um, and and trusted me and the whole crew with their stories and that's huge. And that means a lot to me. And I just hope that, um, you know, I can continue to do good and do um, justice by their stories. Colleen Thurston, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Caleb. This has been great. And listeners, if you do want to watch Sardis, Dead Center Pass holders can catch the short film in the Shorts Oki One Block. If you haven't already, go on over to deadcenterfilm.org and get your pass today. And for more thoughtful conversations that excite, inspire, and connect filmmakers and film enthusiasts across the state of Oklahoma, you can subscribe to the Cinematic Schematic via your preferred podcast app, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or going wherever you can find your podcasts. You can also head on over to deadcenterfilm.org for more information on Sardis, along with all of the wonderful films playing at this year's festival. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll catch you again next time. <laughs>